What's brewing, ATX? Thanks for joining us today. I'm Ian Grossman here with my sidekicks, Jonathan Ratcliffe. What's up? Greg Carlson. Howdy. If you're listening and feeling a little stressed today, you're in the perfect place. We're joined by the man who created, quote, the most relaxing place in Austin. Eric Anderson, owner of The Ocean Lab, is here today. Thanks for coming in, Eric. Great to be here. This is a good one. The Ocean Lab is a float spa and infrared sauna studio, and really it's just a great place to disconnect and de-stress. We're going to hear Eric's story and why he's so passionate about giving the people of ATX a way to relax. If you follow this guy on Instagram, you'll probably see him going for a swim in Barton Springs pool when it's 40 degrees out. So we're definitely going to need an explanation (laughs) for that craziness. More to come on that later. Let's go. As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX. Subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you tune into your podcast. Hit us with that five-star rating. Be sure to stick around for the weekly brew at the end of the episode where you'll find out where Austin landed on the recently published list of best and worst college towns and cities in America. I'm curious. Another list that Austin ends up on. Wow. How about that? How about that? Eric came in thirsty. Yep. Jonathan, you look parched. Tell us what we're drinking today. So, have you guys ever drink, drinking, drink, a mead? Yes, but it was came out of a, a wine bottle. I've not. This is the first mead and experience. You have. I have had mead, yes. Okay. So, for those who haven't, because I haven't, and I was not even sure what it was, I actually Googled what is a mead. A mead is in its own category. Oh. It's fermented with three basic ingredients, honey, yeast, and water. It isn't classified as beer or wine in the typical sense, but stands apart in its own rank of an alcoholic beverage. You might hear mead referred to as honey wine. Not quite. Uh, mead is created by fermenting honey, while wine is made from fermenting fruit. And though mead is often flavored with various fruits, that does not make it wine. So, so another it more thing... Of a- Wow. Yeah, so like a, I mean, it says honey on it, so I'd imagine it's going to be pretty sweet. Well, it's going to be sweet. It could. Uh, another thing is it's quite possibly the oldest alcoholic beverage on earth. And I'm going to read this quick little paragraph that I thought was interesting. Chinese pottery vessels dated back 7,000 BC suggest evidence of mead fermentation that outages both wine and beer. The very first batch of mead was probably a chance of discovery. Uh, early foragers likely drank the contents of a rainwater-flooded beehive that had fermented naturally with the help of airborne yeast. Um, so, anyway, it goes back to the Mayans, Egyptians, Greeks. Pretty cool stuff. That is cool. This particular mead that we're drinking today is from Meridian Hive. Woo! Have you guys heard their ads on the radio? No. I haven't. How's it you go? said that. They've been blowing up. How's it really? going? I don't know. They just talk about it. They have a jingle? Yeah, I don't know what their jingle is, but oh. I've been hearing about Mead because they're blowing up radio ads right now. Well, they've been around for since 2012. They're very bee conscious, um, mind you, or of course, hence the name, Meridian Hive. Um, and so they have a foundation for it to save the bees because the bees are, are dying. Oh, no. And it's gluten-free. It is gluten-free. This particular one we're drinking is the honey Um Used to be known as the Discovery, which is interesting because two of our say honey and two of us say Discovery. You're I guess. kidding me. 
I guess Whoa. they what in the, the old throwback look on it. Um, delicious and refreshing, lightly carbonated meat crafted with the highest quality orange blossom honey. This meat is a perfect balance of subtle sweetness with a hint of citrus and a crisp finish. So, gentlemen, let us indulge. Right, taste. Cheers, boys. Cheers. <laughs> cheers, cheers, cheers. Yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, that has a little... That has a little sweet I like it. hint to it. Ooh, it's different. Happy hump day to us. Wow. It's kind of like a cross between a cider and a beer. and. Yeah. How would you describe it? I'm not really sure. I'm going to probably need a few more sips. Maybe, uh, maybe we can come back and revisit this question after we've... Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, a it's, a, it's a cider beer yeah. wine. Cider, cider beer wine. Beer. I don't know. I feel like I'm... Man, I'd still rather a beer. Really? I would too. It's good. Eric would not. I don't think I would. No, no. I think you're not is, a beer guy. Is, I'm not a beer guy. No, he what, wanted no, the hard is, stuff. Yeah. Oh, you like generally like, bourbon, or tequila, or vodka. All right. Well, so that's interesting. But you know, six and a half percent. That's that's pretty solid. Gluten free. Yeah. Definitely unique. And of course, very own Austin made. So. Yeah, all, all of our, all all of our drinks have to be local. Everything we drink is local. Uh, speaking of local, you've got a local small business, which is why you're here today. How about that? Eric Anderson, <laughs> owner of The Ocean Lab. That's it. Tell us your story. Let's, let's hear all of How it. How much time do we have? Oh, my goodness. Oh, we got time. <laughs> For you? All right. Well, as... Our lovely hosts have just described. My name is Eric Anderson. I'm the CEO, co-founder of The Ocean Lab here in Austin, Texas. I was born in a little town just outside Chicago, good old Munster, Indiana. Hmm. Spent the first 23 years, 24 years of my life in the state of Indiana. So grew up in Indiana, went to Indiana, was then working in Indianapolis for a tech company called Exact Target. Uh, doing some email marketing, we got acquired by Salesforce, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden I found mm -hmm. myself working for a massive international tech company, uh, which for me was not exactly where I ever saw myself ending up. So yeah. um, summer 2014, I was depressed, I was miserable, I was in the worst shape of my life, getting migraines all the time, pretty much hated my life in, um, Indiana. in Indianapolis, yeah. And um, knew something had to change. So. Uh, Basically used up all my vacation days, uh, bopped over to South Africa, cruised home through Tomorrowland in Belgium, got home, and then corporate America and I went our separate way. So uh, that sort of kicked off what it can only be really described as like a, a two-year YOLO process, if you will. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Um, pretty much just traveled all over the place. I had a virtually unlimited amount of frequent flyer miles. So... Spent two, two and a half years going to every music festival I could find, nice. um, racing Ironmans on all six continents. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Doing I see some, some bands <laughs> on your wrist there, not just one, but a few. Yeah, yeah. I, I pretty much did the damn thing, just kind of like, just trying to one-up myself on this, what I'm now realizing was like a very hedonistic escape process, sort of just, you know, trying to find that like level of happiness, that level of fulfillment uh, that would make me feel like I had found my life purpose, so to speak. Um, so basically going from a job I hated where I felt like I had no purpose to then 
going full blast all around the world on a full-blown YOLO world tour, sure. uh, trying to find something, right? Not really sure what I was looking for, yeah. but um, yeah. Radical was, change. Radical change. Radical change. Because this, this, this is a thing that happens for a lot of 20-something-year-olds. Um, you go through this, or even before you get to the to the work life, sometimes you're just like, I'm out of school, and why did I just get that degree? What the hell am I going to do? And mm -hmm. you kind of go through that. Did it work? Did it help? Did it op expand your mind? It, to it expanded that, my mind in ways I didn't even know my mind could be expanded. I and mean, it's it, crazy as something as traveling and music festivals and whatever, you know, ex just seeing other cultures can do that. Absolutely. I mean, at the time, it was just you know, me trying to do new things all the time until I found something that I really liked um, and trying to find that like perfect place to live and trying to find that perfect job or that perfect hobby um, and eventually realizing that, you know, you're never going to find anything that's perfect. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I got in a float tank for the first time that I had ever, and I mean ever, paused to think about what the fuck I was doing with my life. And that first float was here in Austin, Texas, four years ago at Zero Gravity. And is that on South Lamar? It's at like, Lamar and Manchac. Yeah, yep. Manchac. Okay. Um, and yeah, it's almost like life before floating and then life after floating. Interesting. Uh, <laughs> can I can I ask an unrelated question of float because we're going to get into the floating? Yeah. But you said something about you were traveling all over the world. You had unlimited miles. That doesn't just happen. People don't just get unlimited miles. I know you. Are a self-proclaimed travel hacker. Yes. Can you give us a quick glimpse into how you traveled <laughs> all over the world with unlimited miles? Yeah, I mean, it, um, before credit cards and miles and points became so popular that you know you would find your mom talking about them at Christmas dinner, um, there was a, a sect of the travel hacking world that was able to generate millions of miles uh, for free or even make money in the process um, through signing up for credit cards and. Uh, yeah. Buying usually convertible financial instruments. Um, so, over the course of four or five years, I burned through about 15 million uh, credit card miles and points. When so you would just start, open up a credit card. Yeah, at one point I had 34 credit cards. You get the um, bonus. It's a lot. Yeah. But then you, I'm sure. I mean, how did that affect your credit? Oh, credit was incredible because it it opened up the credit lines, and then when right. you go to cancel the. The cards doesn't it negatively affect you? Well, you just never cancel the cards. You can you usually downgrade to a free version or call in the, the way of the annual fee. Because you can get the banks competing against each other for your business. Yeah, Dude, there oh. are so many. There's so many misconceptions about credit cards. Yes. And when I met him, and I, I we pretty much exchanged information by what's your Instagram name, and mm -hmm. I looked up and it said travel hacker, and I was like, oh, I love like I get tons of credit cards too, and do the points thing. Yeah. Have great credit and responsible with it, and he was like, "No, no, no." Like for me, I was excited that I got like a hundred thousand Southwest points. Yeah. He was like, "Dude, you what I did, you don't want to do." Yeah, it's, it's like it's a, not worth it. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's like a a full time lifestyle commitment. To yeah, that. I mean, it was a full time lifestyle commitment focused around finding hacks, yeah. right? Like, and you yeah. eventually get tired of like hacking your way through life, right? Right. <laughs> if that makes sense, right? Sure. You know, I don't know that I would ever pay $15,000 for a first-class flight between, you know, Hong Kong and San Francisco. So there's that question of, like, even if I had this much money, would I spend it? Yeah. But I'm very grateful I was able to have the opportunities that I had because 
honestly, a lot of the time I spent in premium cabins was spent around people who I thought I wanted my life to look like. Absolutely. And then realized, wait a second, like those guys I thought were super cool who were sitting up front flying first class maybe aren't actually living any sort of life like I want to be living. That's a cool perspective to, to have. Yeah. Like to go through it with that kind of mindset of like, maybe I don't want to be living this life. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the most profound, like, 24-hour stretch I had in my life, maybe, um, this was December 2014, so this was kind of like my first big international trip. I bopped around um, Australia and then Southeast Asia, and I literally went from, like, being on the side of the road uh, in Seminyak in Bali, um, eating on the side, like, literally eating on the side of the road with my bare hands with, like, a local village, and then 24 hours later, I was flying Cathay Pacific first class. So you go from like a meal that literally costs like five cents on a beach on a remote island and then 24 hours later you're being served caviar and champagne after having a shower in, you know, the nicest lounge in the world. Yeah. It, it was just like the most absurd juxtaposition of like, wow, wow, you know, we live in a pretty incredible world and I'm yeah. so fortunate that I've been able to like, see it and like, gain that perspective. For sure. And we'll talk about this a little later, but, you know, really realizing that life happens for you, not... Uh, to you um, yeah. every experience we've had in some way sets us up for what we're meant to do with our lives so that's awesome nice I like that interesting alright so then how do we get to how did you even get to your first float lab or float <laughs> that's what, what was your first experience with the, with the float so what's, what's hilarious about uh, my first float is that I actually hated it I, I got I got in the float tank and me being like type A, high strung, literally I did not spend more than seven consecutive days in the same city for two and a half years, right? So I was just like sensory overload. Yeah. And then you get into a, you know, this cabin where it's dark and it's silent and there is nothing, right? Like nothing. <laughs> it was so jarring for me. Um, and... Uh, yeah, I, I really just didn't know what to do with myself. How did you end up there? So my girlfriend uh, was a trainer over at Onnit, and they mm -hmm. have a relationship with Zero Gravity, and she had started floating and like wouldn't shut up about it. And I was like, all right, cool. Well, I'll buy a three pack. Cool. Yeah. Like I'll, I like trying new things. Again, this yeah. is this is Yolo Eric, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I bought the three pack. I went for my first float, and you get in there, the lights fade, and it's just like. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I think, I mean, I don't wow. know what a float Zero spot experience. is. And I'm sure those who are listening, yeah, what is it? Tell us exactly what that, ex what, it, what is it? So, uh, the whole concept with a float tank is that we are completely removing all external stimuli from the equation. Like that is, floating in its essence is you by yourself, supported by a super salty solution of Epsom salt dissolved in water. And that water is perfectly heated to be body temperature. So the air, the water, and your skin are all the same temperature. And because the water is so salty, we have removed gravity from the equation. Okay. So basically after five minutes, you forget that you have a body. Interesting. Which is a pretty profound thing to occur. Now, um, <laughs> again, that's in its essence. The, how, how much water? Um, it's about 10 inches of water, 10 inches okay. to a foot. Um, okay, so it's, I was thinking it was like a huge 
no, hot tub or something. No, 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 no. No, it's, I mean, it, it comes up to your shin. It's, it's so bizarre because, like, you step into the tank and it's like, wait, why is there not more water? Yeah. And then you lay down and you, like, you float up and it's like, whoa, what is this? Like, I feel like I'm in outer space. This is crazy. Yeah. What? It's amazing. Um, and then it closes up on you? Uh, so the first float I had was at a cabin over So basically there's, there's three main types of float tanks. There's the coffin looking ones. These are like OG from the seventies float yeah. tanks where like you open up a hatch, yeah. you crawl in and it's like a box no taller than like three oh, feet by three feet square. Like it's pretty intense. Kind of like a, uh, what's it called? A, a um, coffin? Uh, when you get an MRI. Sun 10, uh, uh, tanning bed. Like yeah. Tanning bed. Kind of. More bo a more boxy tanning bed. Okay. And then a step up from those are the the pods. Those are the more clamshell looking ones. Yeah. You you like lift it up like you're opening up the hood of a car, and you get in, and then you close the lid on yourself. Mm -hmm. And then there's also a step above that is the cabins, which are basically like a giant room. So like the tanks we have at the Ocean Lab are the size of a California king size bed okay. and eight feet tall. Oh. So you actually are stepping into this room that is just entirely yours alone, like, alone or with a friend um yeah. couples float is a whole other conversation but um but yeah i mean that's the first question people ask is like aren't i going to get claustrophobic like da, 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 da. and <laughs> like once you step into one of our cabins it is just absurd how large they are like it's bigger than this room i would okay. say it's big Right, so like you were able to do your snow angels, like okay. you can touch the ceiling, you can touch the. I mean, it's so there's no the, the claustrophobia is taken out. It's completely removed. Okay, um, but yeah, and then the the other main evolution that's happened in the float industry since my first float is that the tanks now have uh, adjustable lights. Ours have a night sky ceiling you can turn on and off, um, as well as really nice sound systems. So, you know, the goal is to eventually get to that place where it is pitch black and silent. But however long it takes you to get there is totally up to you. And oh, so you can start with some stimuli, a little bit of noise, a little bit of light, and then kind of work your way to just exactly bliss. Exactly. Mm. Tell us a little bit more about the infrared therapies because that's a part of it too, right? So the infrared saunas um, are, are totally different sort of modality, but they complement the float really nicely. Um, you want to continue with the story or are we moving more to... Uh, Continue with the story first. Actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, we'll get yeah. it. So, yeah. let's so let's rewind to that first float, right? Like I have my first float. I get in there. I freak out. I'm like, this, this. I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, got out of the float early. And I was like, oh my god. Like, it's Krista, how do you how do you enjoy this? I, I bought three 90 minute sessions. 90 minutes. Yeah. Sure. Um, Halfway through, you're like, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I got to get out of here. Like, this is not this is not my scene. <laughs> But because I bought a three pack, I went back for my second float. Um, and, and full disclosure, I, I got catatonically high before going in for that second float because okay. that was my way of like dealing with the anxiety and the fears. Just like, well, I'm just going to like pass out in here and let's see what happens. Yeah. Right. And I basically got in the tank that second time, laid back, and it was like I blinked and 90 minutes had passed. Well, just like, does someone come and like, what just happened? Knock on the door. Are they like, sir, you're done? Or uh, no float center I would ever recommend anybody going to bangs on the walls. Those do exist. Uh, but the, the, the modern uh, float equipment, you know, the lights come back on very gently and some okay. nice music plays. And it's like, okay. thank you for completing your float. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So, so that was the first time in my life I'd ever experienced any sort of like, 
time dilation, if you want to call it, because it was literally as if I got in there, laid down, and 10 seconds later, 90 minutes had passed. And I was like, what just happened? Like, that was... That's my, not fear, but my thing is like, if I went into one of those things, I feel like I would pass out. And that's totally fine. It is? Yeah. I feel like that almost defeats the purpose of... I mean, the biggest thing is to realize that there is no necessary, like, defined purpose for floating. Like, the tank will give you exactly what you need. What you need. So, if you're exhausted and you get in there, you're going to have the best nap of your life. If you're, like, really struggling with a problem at work that you just, like, cannot solve, you get in there, all of a sudden your brain has all this freed up horsepower, and you can solve that problem. Yeah. If you're stressed or anxious about something, you get in there, and it's just like, oh, I don't have anything to worry about. Right? I think so, it's helpful to know that there's really no, like, there's no one purpose. right way to yeah. do it, right? And that's another evolution the industry has made is, is and it's still a, a point of contention because there are a strong, there's a strong faction in the industry that's like, absolutely do not put lights in there. Absolutely do not put sound in there. Yeah. Like, we must remain pure with our foot. And it's like, okay, I get it. Like, that is absolutely the best way to go. Like, sober, in the dark, silent. You will go way more places than you ever will yeah. with any other factors and you can work towards that and you work towards that yeah. and that's where it's like if someone is going to take 10 floats to get to that point like i'm happy to get them there because yeah. i feel so passionately about floating and i've had so many profound shifts in my life through it that it's like anything i can do to get people to that point to have that same experience is something i'm going to do hmm. makes sense okay so you you go your second float that was a different experience that, that like that like that like pried the door wide open, right? Okay. And I was like, I felt so physically good afterwards. Like, I mean, it's when you get out of the float tank, I can only describe it as being floaty. Like, oh, sure. I mean, your spine decompresses, your circulation is increased. Like, any soreness you have is completely gone. I mean, it's, it's like, is it Epsom salt? Yeah, it's fourteen hundred pounds of Epsom salt. So that that in itself kind of extracts like toxins, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. 1,400 pounds. 1,400 pounds. Dang. It's, it's absurd. Yeah. It's absurd. Um, so in my third float, I went back sober, open-minded, gave it the old college try, if you will, yeah. and everything just made sense. And since then, they've just gotten progressively better. So that was November 2016. Uh, I started floating like once a week, and then every few days, and then every other day, and then pretty much every day. In January 20. So I just messed up my dates. January 2016, so that was 2015. January 2016, I had my first two and a half hour float at one of the like, quote unquote, better centers in, in the world. I was like so hyped up, Where drove up there. It was in LA. Okay. Um, and my experience was so underwhelming. <laughs> like I had hyped this up to be like the Mecca, like I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go do it. Yeah. And I spent like the first half of this float just like internally bitching about how it like was not what I expected and like, I don't know, it felt like I was in a dungeon, like it, there was way too many people, the staff was unfriendly, like they do bang on the door at the end to let you know it's time to get out. I'm like, this is just not how this experience should go. Yeah. And halfway through that float, I like totally reframed it as like, wait a second, let's turn all these negatives into positives and I'm gonna have the best float center on the planet. Here's an opportunity. Here's an opportunity. Oh. And now almost four years later, here we are in Austin, Texas and the Ocean Lab is a thing and it's my baby and I love it. And When did you open it? We opened August, uh, August 5th. Oh, like yeah, four, like four months, months, ago. months ago. Yeah. So how did you oh, get what? from that last float 
Opportunity Day. Opportunity Day. To opening your own. So Opportunity Day, got out of that float, called my best friend from college. I was like, dude, I, I think we need to open a float center. Like, not even knowing that he had started floating recently. Oh, no shit. And it was just like, dude, I've been floating too. Like, wait, what? And we both kind of been like, what do we do? Like, we're, I mean, he was a part of a lot of the travels, a lot of the fun, but he was still working a corporate gig and like clearly just was not like feeling fully satisfied with it. Yeah. And we both saw this as like something the world needed, something that we could uniquely deliver to the world in a meaningful way. And it was just, it was off to the races from there. So that August I went to the float conference, which is a thing. It's a thing. Lots of stories oh. to tell about the float conference. <laughs> um, went through the how to start a float center workshop which is also a thing. And basically from August 2016 through today, like it's just been full steam ahead uh, getting this thing to where it is today. Where'd the name come from? So um, we wanted a name that was oceanic, but still vague, if that makes sense. Um, you know, a lot of float centers are like, float Austin or, or you know, float Chicago, or they go like super out there with like, you know, uh, floating Lotus or like infinity float. But we really didn't want to define ourselves as just a float center because in my mind, floating is just one modality and a whole list of, you know, cutting edge groundbreaking technologies we hope to incorporate into our experience over the course of, yeah, yeah. you know, the rest of our lives basically. Um, and, and, <laughs> uh, there's uh, a musical group called Above and Beyond that's kind of like the, um, the British uh, it's kind of like Coldplay of electronic music would be the best way to describe it like three British DJs that make really like emotional electronic music but they're also just incredible musicians okay. and when they were first getting started they had a side project called Ocean Lab so I've seen them like 40 something times around the world. Oh, wow. Their music. I was going to say, were they part of your. They were very much a part of, of the worldwide yeah. tour. Um, I met my girlfriend at one of their shows. Like, we're, we, are, we are those people. It's, it's painful to admit, but also just like, it is what it is. Uh, I'm just going to embrace it. Um, so it started off as a joke like, dude, Ocean Lab, like, there's something there. And it started off as like a code name, but then it just stuck and it's like, yeah, makes, like it's the Ocean Lab. Like that is, I can't imagine it being anything else because it is just like everything in in the name and the, the story behind it. Like, that's yeah. awesome. I love when names like that, when they're not generic, like the Austin Float Spa, you know, when they have a name that like has significance right. of some sort to you that people only know about by listening to. Yeah. Our podcast. I mean, the only thing, Austin's a pretty perfect city. I think we can all agree, right? And the only thing we're really missing is the ocean. So, yeah. like, San Diego was my home base for two and a half years. I moved out to San Diego in the midst of all that YOLO and thought that was going to be my permanent home. And, you know, it, it's great on paper. And at that point in my life, it was, it was just a room I rented by the beach. And I'm so thankful for my time there. And I will definitely spend significant portions of my life in San Diego. But, you know. Austin is is where it's at right it drew, now. It drew you back. It drew me back for sure. Nice. And as we you know roll out more ocean labs across the country and across the world, you know I think there's a lot to be said about bringing you know all these positive associations people have with the ocean, with the beach, relaxation, good memories. You know bringing that to cities that don't have oceans. Yeah. Um, I'm from the East Coast too, hmm. so very much so part of my growing up. And here I always say, well, we have lakes, so it's kind of cool. 
Not the same. No. It's close. Um, Big Lake guy in Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lake Life's a good life, too. So, Lake, Lake Lab just doesn't have the, the same. Lake Lab. <laughs> no, no. True. <laughs> so if someone goes yeah. into the Ocean Lab, yeah. there's, there's the, what do you call them? The... Not, not the pods, you call them. So we have three float cabins. We cabins. have three full-spectrum infrared saunas. Mm-hmm. And then we also have three ice baths on the back patio. Okay. And each of those modalities kind of came about throughout the evolution of the business. So kind of tying it back to your question mm-hmm. about the saunas, where those fit into the picture. Uh, I was racing the Half Ironman World Championships in Chattanooga, Tennessee in 2017. Um, and anytime I go to a new city, it's like step one is find the float center. Yeah. Especially if I'm racing, because it's like the ultimate cheat code for both before the race to get your mind right, kill any lingering inflammation, really just help you focus on whatever goal you're trying to focus on. Yeah. And then also after the race, like I'm usually in a foreign country, I'm trying to get to like the vacation portion of my trip as quickly as possible. So it's like the ultimate recovery weapon, if you will. Yeah. Before and after. So before and after, like without question, anytime I'm in any city, like that is what I do. Um, and the float center in Chattanooga was closed that day, like day before the race. But there was a sauna studio next door. I'm like, wait, how is there a sauna studio? Yeah. Like saunas are like that thing at the gym where there's like a the naked old dude and like it's hard to breathe and like it probably hasn't been cleaned in like a week. Like why, why would anyone ever open a business devoted to this? And I went to the sauna studio, like shout out Sisu Sauna Studio. And it was so unbelievably dope. They had like five infrared saunas, like an ice room like an ice bath on the back patio. Like, wow, there's something here. Like, this is pretty cool. Like, what if we combined like saunas and ice baths and floating? Like, now all of a sudden I've got like the ultimate wellness destination going on here. Like all my favorite relaxing modalities under one roof. Uh, I know there's a lot of buzz right now about the the red light therapy and Mm -hmm. infrared. Mm -hmm. Can you, I don't know how much of the, the science yeah. side of it you know but can you share with us like what the benefits are of having yeah. of, of sitting in an infrared sauna absolutely so the biggest thing is to explain the difference between a normal sauna and an infrared sauna okay. so a normal sauna you go in there it's like 200 degrees it's really hard to breathe you're usually in this like crowded cramped kind of space at a gym or a hotel where last night you know you get it's like a it's a random assortment of people and like i don't know um but basically it's like it's hard to breathe it's really hot your body gets super stressed out and basically has to like panic sweat to go into survival mode to try and like tolerate being in there Mm -hmm. so it's good because it generates heat shock proteins it like uh increases your circulation your blood flow all that jazz but it's so stressful on your body that there's a better way, basically. So that's a normal sauna, 200 degrees, miserable, hard to breathe. Infrared sauna, on the other hand, never really gets above like 140 or 150 degrees. And instead of depending on the ambient air temperature being super hot, uh, it's actually the infrared light coming off of the walls that heats your body up. And it's heating up from the inside out as opposed to the outside in. Hmm. So you asked about like red light therapy, infrared light. I mean, that's kind of all the rays rage right now but basically if you look at your skin uh there's multiple layers to your skin and different wavelengths of light will penetrate to different depths in your skin gotcha so um essentially by what's that there's seven there are seven layers layers of your skin i'm not sure all right you're thinking of a seven layer dip (laughs) 
<laughs> which I could totally That's go for right now. Can we get some dips? Yes. Any local dip sponsors, please report. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but essentially, with uh, with infrared and red light, you're, you're, it's like how deep in your skin are you going? Um, so infrared light is actually, if it's a full spectrum infrared sauna, you have far, mid, and near infrared each of which has different sets of benefits, but uh, you're penetrating different layers of your skin and the infrared light is actually heating up like the intracellular fluid in your skin and you're detoxifying from the inside out. Okay. So it's way more near infrared. Is that what the sauna is? Yeah. Our panels are, all of our saunas are full spectrum. So oh, it's near, spectrum. mid and far. Okay. Uh, if you see something like a juve light, those are really popular right now. That's yeah. a combination of uh, red light and then near infrared. My wife's trying to get me to buy one. So those are great for, I mean, Ben Greenfield put it on his balls and said it tripled his testosterone. I don't know about that, but... I'll <laughs> take three, please. <laughs> but those are great for, like, any uh, surface level, um, you know, skin lesions or, like, eczema or wrinkles, that sort of a deal. Um, and then as you get deeper and deeper, it gets more into, like, the muscles and um, increasing blood. So how long would you sit in your infrared sauna? 20 to 30 minutes is what we normally recommend. I've gone as long as 75 minutes. Um, it really depends on if you're bringing water in there with you. You can go much longer. Sure. Uh, but there's mixed science on if drinking water while you're in there negates some of the benefits. Um, but 20 to 30 minutes is, is pretty solid for most people. Uh, you burn somewhere between 200, 200 and 400 calories. Um, you get all the benefits. Just from sitting. Just from sitting. It's, it's, it's pretty great. And then you go in the ice bath. So... I've been talking about this book, Lifespan, that I've been reading a while, and they talk about the, the science behind that and studies that show mm -hmm. the benefits of exposing your body to both the extremely cold, extremely hot. Um, so it's activating your fight-or-flight gene, your sirtuin genes, which yeah. is exactly what it's doing. I mean, we as, as a human race have gotten so used to being comfortable, especially right. here in the States, right? Like. There are, <laughs> there's a huge percentage of the country that never leaves this like narrow band of like 66 to like 76 degrees ever, right? And when you're not stressing your body in, you know, very mild, productive fashion, you get kind of complacent and stagnant and you lose your ability to deal with uh, hardships or uncertainties or any of that, yeah. right? So uh, contrast therapy, which is basically what we offer at the lab through the ice baths and the sauna, yeah. you go from this like super hot, high energy environment, like all your blood vessels are wide open, like your heart rates went through the roof, you know, you're, you're like in this very active state. And then all of a sudden you go into an ice bath or a cold plunge, depending on how cold it is that day. And that like forces all of your blood vessels to constrict. So all these areas of like very low blood flow, like your, your fingers and your toes, like the blood gets forced out of there and goes back to your vital organs where it's then able to like mix and do its thing. And then you go from the ice bath back to the sauna and now all of a sudden you're wide open again. So you get this like massive flush of like super nice, fresh oxygenated blood to places that you wouldn't normally get I have to try fresh this. blood. Man, that sounds uh, exhilarating. Yeah, it's incredible. Is this like, an, like if I came to the studio, if anyone came to the studio, do they have the option to do that, if you're paying for a 30-minute sauna or sauna uh, session, yeah. So right now we do the, the ice baths Tuesday morning and Thursday morning, okay. as well as for our uh, unlimited members, we allow them to do like private events and special times of day. They'll be like, "Hey, can we get some ice going?" I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely. Let's make it happen." Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. Because it's a constant thing that you're obviously fresh ice, fresh, you know, so it's yeah. not like it's yeah. available 100% of the time. No. Gotcha. No. Mm. Interesting. I mean, it, it, that's like a very small portion of the business and like a small part of what I really want to talk about today. Like that is very much, I love ice baths, but like, yeah. I don't think ice baths are going to change the world the way that floating will. Okay. If that makes sense. So right. floating and infrared sauna studio those are the i mean really just the, float. the floating the i mean the sauna i think the world would be a much better place if everybody saw it every day absolutely um and it's so good before a float because it's just like a nice halfway point between the hustle and bustle of the outside world you get to go chill have some alone time or vibe with some like-minded people you know your pores open up which is the big thing you start the detox process yeah. and then you get into the float tank and you absorb the salt way better. You've already kind of started the detox process, so that gets enhanced. And there's also just something about going from like a super high energy environment to then going into the void. And you know, and that's contrast therapy in a way as yeah. well. How often would someone come and do a float? So like what's once a week is the sweet spot. Okay. The the benefits of a float last about seventy-two hours. Um, I mean, there's some decay there, like, you know, you feel amazing initially afterwards, then you have the best night of sleep ever, and then the next day you're still pretty chilled out, and then you have another great night of sleep, and then, you know, you still feel like you're pretty relaxed the next day, um, but it's like about the 72-hour mark where, like, a boost would be good. It's not practical necessarily for people to come in twice a week, so we say once a week is, like, the sweet spot, but even once a month as, like, a great reset is just so powerful. I mean, whether you're like setting your intentions for the next month, reflecting on the prior month, or just, you know, you need a reminder of how in control of your life you are. Yeah. Uh, and you're doing this because, of course, you own a lab. Uh, you own the Ocean Lab. Yes. You're doing this multiple times a week, daily. Yeah, I've, I've played around with all sorts of frequencies. Uh, in October, I floated 28 times. Wow. Um, that started off as like a 30 day challenge I embarked upon with four of our members. Just like, what happens if we all float every day? Yeah. And it's so funny how like the consistent back to back floats like that. It's like the first three or four, like, this is awesome. This is amazing. I feel so good. And then like that becomes your new normal. And then right. you start to run out of like surface level things to think about. So floats five, six, seven, eight, nine. It's like, wait a second. Like, there's some stuff here that I like haven't really dealt with in a while or like some emotions I might have repressed, like right? Session. <laughs> yeah, it's like a personal therapy session. And Interesting. I mean, I've been floating for four, over four years, right? Like I've spent over a thousand hours in a float tank and this was the first time I'd made like a commitment to doing it every day. And towards those last ones, like, I mean, just kind of like, I am going way too deep with these thoughts right now. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, if I didn't have other people going through it with me, it right, was right. like, who the hell am I going to talk to you about some of this stuff? Right? You all get out and look at each other. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what just happened? Yeah. And I mean, it was incredible. It was incredible to go through that because, hmm. I mean, we as a society are so good at distracting ourselves, oh, yeah. especially distracting ourselves from what's really important. Like, there are so many tools. Well, because of this. <laughs> because of that little this, distraction device yeah. in your pocket, right? Anytime you don't want to think about what you're supposed to be thinking about, whether it's work or person like there is there is way too much money to be made off of having everyone constantly be distracted and unhappy and not in alignment with what they're meant to be doing yeah so floating is like the exact opposite of all of that because 
It is literally the last thing on the planet we have where nobody can bother you. If you're like, not if you're <laughs> listening to this and you're not interested in floating ASAP, yeah. something's wrong. We, yeah. we, we said when Eric got here, we were like, we, we should have done this. The three of us should have gone for a float before... This, right. So that we could have like raved about it. Guess we'll just have to make that happen. We'll for have it. to do it at the group float sesh. <laughs> group float sesh. After. So, and there's a lot of power in the group float sesh. Like coming with two friends or two business partners. I mean, we've seen some incredible results. Like a, a team of three executives will come in. Like they're like having some sort of issue at work or like something they can't get past. And then they talk through like what they are hoping to get out of the float. They go float. And, and the thing about the float, which I haven't really talked about, is like we are like at any given moment, you're processing like 40 billion bits of information mm -hmm. or some mm -hmm. absurd stat, right? Like the texture of this chair that I'm sitting on, the hat you're wearing, the yeah. traffic behind you, the trees. That like, I mean, even when you're laying in bed in the dark with a mask on, like you're still sensing the temperature, you're tensing your, your sheets, the bed. I mean, you get into a float tank, and after five minutes, there's nothing. Like yeah. nothing. So for the first time in your life, in some cases, your brain is able You're to power down. We get that a lot. It is very, very in utero, right? Yeah. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot going on there. But because your brain now has all this extra horsepower, you can think about whatever you want in a, like a very focused way. Sure. It, we talk about that in some trainings we have called RAS. You know, you have literally billions of like you said, at any given time, billions of pieces of information you're trying to process, but you really can only focus on like 134 pieces of that, which is your RAS. So it sounds like this float like shuts it all down and just lets you focus on one or two things or yes, whatever. Exactly. And, it all, and what it's best for is helping you focus on things that you can actually control. Like, yeah. it's again, the distraction device all of us have in our pocket that you're probably listening to this on right now. <laughs> like yeah. at any moment, all of the world's information is available to you. You can go down a rabbit hole on any topic you want for days, mm -hmm. right? And it's like, why am I doing this? Like how did, how have I been scrolling on Instagram for like three and a half hours here? How, like how did I end up here, yeah. right? TikTok. Like, TikTok. Oh my gosh. About TikTok lately, we'll find our, I mean, that's the thing, they're designed to be as addicting yeah. as possible. Because when you're addicted to these like short-term thoughts and desires and emotions, you're not in line with what you're actually meant to be doing. Yeah. And speaking of Instagram, I've seen, like I'll, I'll watch CJ, he's been to the, the Ocean Lab several times. Mm -hmm. And him and some of the other guys will get in that ice bath slowly and you'll just like jump in and completely submerge send yourself. It. Gotta send under, it. Face, <laughs> face, head under, and then you're posting stuff about the Barton Springs. You're going to Barton's. I mean, right before you do, I know I talked right before. I gotta head out of here, unfortunately. Thank you so much. It's all I right. can't wait to hear the rest of this story. I can't wait to have you at the lab. Yeah. We're gonna set this up. It's gonna be beautiful. Thanks, man. See you guys later. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just just to riff on ice baths for a little bit, I mean, it's really just finding that comfort in being uncomfortable yeah. that we have just completely lost as, as a society, right? And I mean, there's a lot of metaphors I can make about the ice bath, but the, the biggest thing is like, if you hesitate getting in the ice bath, if you give your logical brain time to say, oh God, that's going to be so cold. Oh, that's going to hurt. Oh, that's, I, I, I can't do that. Like, oh, I have bad circulation. Oh, like, no, 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 I can't. I, I don't do well with cold, right? As soon as you let those thoughts start swirling, then you're going to talk yourself out of it. 
But if you just go for it, like, you, sorry, body, this is what's happening, right? Like, you ever done an ice, uh, ice bath? No, I've done a polar plunge one time. You did? Yeah, but never an ice bath. Oh, Navy SEALs training? No, oh. just for fun in Chicago. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. In the in Barton Springs, the the whole talk yourself out. Even if when it's a hundred degrees and I'm at Barton Springs, I'm I like hesitate. Uh, it takes me five minutes to jump into the water because you hesitate. Because I hesitate. But why are you going when it's? I mean, you were probably there yesterday when it was like thirty degrees out. Um, so we do lead a Tuesday morning meditation every Tuesday at seven a.m. at Barton Springs. Okay. But would you look at that? Uh, la- yesterday it was like forty degrees and raining and windy, and you know there's just really no point sitting around a circle meditating. Uh, I mean, I would do it if so you other go people were town, but you go with uh, purpose on Tuesdays. Well, here's the thing about Barton Springs: it's the same temperature all year round, yeah. so it actually feels really warm this time of year. Hmm. Like we're recording this podcast on December eleventh, right? Yeah. Like. So even if it's 40 degrees outside, Barton Springs is in the 60s. It feels like a hot tub. It's amazing. Yeah, that's true, man. I mean, there are guys that yeah. will swim every morning at Barton Springs 365 days a year. Yeah. In no wetsuit, no anything. Like, it's a it's a very cool, like, subset culture of Austin. Like, people think of Barton Springs as, like, a summer destination. Don't people go diving there, too? Yeah. What do you mean diving? Um, like, they'll go. How deep is it? Probably, like, 15, 20 feet in some pots. They'll do, like... Um, I know people dive like without equipment. They'll yeah. go and hold their breath for two minutes. I mean, there's a whole ecosystem under there. There's two species of salamanders that are only found yeah. like, anywhere in the world in Barton You almost stepped on. There's them. even <laughs> I even learned recently. There's caves you can swim into, and some of these like free divers will like go in there, swim into the cave, and then come back out. <laughs> that is. Dude, that is some next level crazy. Yeah. Uh, as someone who loves ice baths, you know that's you know that's a very controllable environment. You start talking underwater caves with no oxygen. <laughs> I don't know about all that noise. Not, not Austin. Yeah. Maybe Mexico or something. Oh, you'd yeah. rather do it in Mexico? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's yeah, probably more fun. Yeah. Are you sure? I'm no. thinking of the cenotes. <laughs> cenotes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Barton Springs, October to March, is free 24-7. Not 24-7, 7, whatever. 5 a.m. to 11 p.m. So, yeah. or 10 p.m. It's pretty great. Um, and it's not as crowded. And on a day like Monday where it was 82 degrees outside, like the springs are incredible in the fall. Or I suppose it's winter. But Speaking of 5 a.m. to 10 p.m., what is the ultimate goal for your business five to ten years down the road? So, my... Longer term vision for the Ocean Lab is to basically have like a global network of lighthouses, let's say, mm. where in any major city you go to, there's an Ocean Lab where you can go, no matter if you just got off a long haul flight or you're just stressed out or whatever, you've got float tanks, saunas, ice baths, and whatever the hell else gets created in the next yeah. five to 10 years what other trends yeah. to find the people in that city who are you know, really connected with themselves and connected to their higher purposes and, and what they really want to accomplish out of life and um, basically be able to hit the ground running in wherever you go. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So every major city in America or the Oh, world? definitely international. International. Yeah. There's actually more float centers uh, per capita in Canada than in the U.S. No kidding. Yeah. What's, where do you have your eye on for... Right now, I mean, you just yeah. opened four months ago. What's maybe number two? I mean, I love Austin way too much 
to leave anytime soon. Um, my my girlfriend and I are talking about uh, doing the whole Sprinter van thing and cruising around the country a little bit over the summer, kind of celebrate yeah. you know, stability at the lab and and kind of get back to that nomadic lifestyle we were living for for a little while. But I mean, my goodness, if you live in Austin and don't see what's happening here, then like get yeah. off your get off your <laughs> damn phone, open your eyes, and just be amazed at how lucky we are to live in this incredible city at this point in time. Like it is just, it's insane. It's insane. Look, it's just insane. everything about it with just the, gr- I mean, you look downtown, the, the bar scene, the restaurant scene, sport, you know, we're getting a soccer professional soccer team. Like it's, it's a good place to be. It's a great so, place. So you're North, tell the listeners where you could find the ocean lab. Yeah. So we're 32nd and 35. So if you're heading north on 35, it's basically the bubble where UT practices, and you have St. David's, and then you have us. So we are ground floor retail at an apartment complex called the Mark Uptown. Okay. The Mark. Yeah. And maybe, because we don't want you to leave Austin too soon, <laughs> maybe you'll get an ocean lab south of the river. Yeah. One of these days. Yeah. I mean, Zero Gravity is holding it down. Yeah. Highly recommend them if you live south of the river. Um, Kevin and Carol are just the most wonderful couple. They've been around the float industry since the 90s. Mm. They were hugely helpful in the opening of the Ocean Lab. And honestly, I mean, the reason the Ocean Lab is, is I mean, I'm a little biased here, but the reason the Ocean Lab is as good as it is, is because they set the bar so damn high at Zero Gravity. And I mean, I've, I've floated at over 40 centers around the world, and I'm pretty confident that two of the best are right here in Austin, Texas. So I've driven by it so many times. Yeah. I just never knew what, until I was introduced to you and I actually looked it up. I had zero idea of what a float spot was. Yeah. And that's the thing about floating. It's like in, unless you, I mean, any new business, like unless you know somebody who's done it or you've like heard a really compelling story as to why you should do it. It's like, well, why would I go do that? Like that's, that's weird. That's new. Like, yeah. I, I don't know about that. That's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. And, and one of the biggest struggles we've found is that like so few people know about floating and of the people who do over half of them have had like a bad experience at a center that didn't quite get it oh. or, you know, they got freaked out by the fact so that it was like this coffin back. looking thing and, yeah. and they're never going to go back. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like so, so important to like be open-minded and like, even if you have had a float experience prior, like we do things so differently at the lab than most float centers. What do you wear? You go totally naked. In the tank. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it. It. I certainly love being naked at any time of day. Uh, it's just much better naked. I was thinking. I'm. I'm thinking about <laughs> the web on your website. If uh, I guess it's all. I mean, we can't really run. Waste. We can't run marketing <laughs> collateral of naked people. <laughs> and you can get creative with some of the angles. Yeah. But, um, I mean, you can wear a bathing suit if you're not cool with with being naked. But yeah, I mean, let it all out. It's like for that you know, 30, 60, 90 or longer minute period of time. Like that's your space. Yeah. yeah. Do whatever you want in there. Anything. <laughs> I mean, don't, I don't, don't tell don't. Greg. I mean, <laughs> I'm still waiting for like the, the couple that goes in for a couple's float trying to like get a little weird in there. Uh, hasn't happened yet. I mean, it's going to be <laughs> the most hilarious experience cause it's going to be the most painful oh. experience ever. Cause salty. salt water, that salty. Like Ooh. we say, like, don't get it in your eyes or your mouth. I mean, if you want to, yeah, I mean, if you want to try and, I mean, that's, that's on you, but it's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. So <laughs> you've obviously, I mean, you've trapped, you've, you've seen a lot yeah. around the world. 
can you share any, maybe it's, it's people you've met along the way that you might not even know their name, just, you know, maybe you had a, a cool experience, but anything inspiring as far as like people, or maybe you do have idols, authors, people in town. Can you share with us some of your like inspirations for life and business in general? Yeah. Um, so going back to that, that Bali story, I will, I will never forget this. Like as we're pushing the boat off to like back away from this Island to go back to, to Gilly T where we were, we were staying, there was just like this little Balinese boy, like four, four years old, five years old, maybe just like the, like literally the, probably the like least affluent person I have ever seen, like yeah. living on the side of the road on this tiny Island in the middle of the Pacific ocean. Right. And it's like, just the happiest, happiest person. Like just this, this smile that I just will never ever forget. Right. And like to see someone that has absolutely nothing be so happy with what they have, cause they have like a village and a community and he doesn't know, he, has he doesn't nothing. know he has nothing. Right. And like, you know, we think back to when we were little kids and we thought we could do anything like before someone told us that we couldn't, or like that we learned through some like bad experience that maybe, okay, you can't do that. Yeah. But I don't know, just like I, I have that visual in my head so often where it's like if that little kid in the middle of nowhere with nothing can be that happy, like, and I, and I know that's a story that, you know, a lot of people have, whether it's in Asia or Africa or, or even yeah. here in the States, right? Like I've been, yeah, I've been to Africa, South Africa and Zambia and saw the exact same thing. People living in a house that's smaller than this room and this room is not big if you're listening. Yeah. And they live on the concrete and there's five to eight people in the family living like that's their normal. Yeah. So I mean, perspe perspective changes yeah. a lot of things and everything's relative. Um, so yeah, that's, that's one event or one uh, person, if you will. Um, I mean, Tim Ferriss's four hour work week was kind of my gateway drug, if you will, into what's possible. This is probably like, seven or eight years ago yeah. and, and one particular line from that book that's that always just sticks to me is the fat guy in the bmw which if you're not familiar is like you know just your hypothetical i've worked a corporate job for 32 years and i am 50 pounds overweight and i'm divorced and i hate my life but I, i've got this car and I, this company right like and i don't know like what about that and <laughs> like I'm not trying to hate on you if that is your life. I'm just gonna throw that <laughs> out there. <laughs> but but there's just so much more to life than that, right? Yeah. And and through the process of like leaving corporate America and traveling and just being open to so many perspectives. Like we're we're basically put on a treadmill from the time that we enroll in the public education system yeah. that you're gonna work hard, you're gonna get good grades, you're gonna get a good job, you're gonna work for thirty years, you're gonna retire and you're gonna, you know, die. You forgot college in there. Yeah, well, that's, we don't have enough time for me to rant about college, but, um, yeah, just like, again, the fat guy in the Tim gym, Ferris, like, yeah. and Tim Ferriss, I mean, when, when Tim Ferriss stopped by, uh, our ocean lab booth at the psychedelic science summit last month, it no was way. just like, this no is, way. this is life coming full circle, oh, right? Snap. Like that was, that was incredible. Um, and so that, that was, those would be two, like, you know, just picture the, the poorest person on the planet smiling at you happily as you leave his little island. Uh, you know, the fat guy in the BMW. Um, and then, uh, just as a third, there's a book I've been reading, uh, I've read a couple times recently called Living in Flow. And it's all about how uh, synchronicities kind of shape 
our world and, and shape the universe. Mm-hmm. Not to get <laughs> too far out here on this on this very limited time we have on the podcast, uh, but basically, like when you have like a crystal clear vision of what you want out of life and are acting in alignment with that, you find that the universe will kind of like conspire in a way to help you get there. Yeah, and like being open to the possibilities of you know, these seemingly inconsequential events that when strung together lead you to exactly where you're supposed to be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Yep. And it's like a just, so it's called living in flow. And it's just like the most practical, logical, grounded version of a lot of like the woo woo hippie kind of manifest your destiny sort of, sort of stuff that you read on the internet. We have Um, that on our list. Definitely, uh, definitely check it out. Living in flow. Yeah, but basically, you know, fortune favors the bold. Make sure you're being crystal clear with what you're asking of the world because you're going to get exactly that kind of stuff. Clarity's power. (laughs) I mean, clarity is power. So, thousand percent. With that in mind, do you have any kind of golden nuggets for business owners, aspiring business owners, so people that are trying to figure out where to go, what to do, that type them up, that might have an idea? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> let's let's have it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean I'll, I'll start off by saying that like you right now reading listening to this hearing this whatever like you need to define what success looks like to you and you need to be as crystal clear and vivid about that as possible or else you're going to accidentally find yourself living somebody else's life or going after things that you don't actually want Right. So like the first step in anybody's entrepreneurial journey needs to be like getting crystal clarity on defining success and what success looks like to you. Right. So when, and kind of tying back to that book, like once you have that in mind and you like commit to it 1000%, everything is just going to flow in that direction. I like that. That's helpful. So that's super helpful. Well, it's easy to define success by what other people are. Exactly. Are. Exactly. And as soon as you stop living your life on other people's terms or like, going after what you're supposed to be doing or what your parents think you should do. Like that's when the world really starts to open up for you. Now, when you say define success, are you telling people to to go and like get a pen and paper and write down what it looks like? Yeah, absolutely. Have that vision in your mind that you then can like reflect on before you go to bed, reflect on when you get there first thing in the morning. Like, like my, you know, pie in the sky dream is to have this epic, retreat center like the flagship ocean lab somewhere on the beach where i can wake up every day and surf and ride my bike and do yoga and just host the most epic transformational experiences on the planet Mm -hmm. leveraging my extensive knowledge of float tanks of Mm -hmm. saunas of ice baths of psychedelics like every everything that's going to come about in our lifetimes um really just like so working towards that right and like having that as the shining city on the hill like without that, as soon as things get tough, you're going to be like, why, why, am I, why the hell am I doing this? Yeah. Right? Like, so that would be the other thing I, I really like to talk about is, you know, just having that why, yeah. you know, why are you doing this? Why are you in this business? Why are you in this job? Why are you checking your phone right now? Why are you going on this vacation? Why? Like, you know, putting intention behind all of your actions is like the single most transformational step a person can take. I would say. Well, like you said, it motivates you when things are shitty. Yeah. And makes you take a step back and say, there is a reason more than just, it's my day-to-day job. Yeah. You know. Exactly. 
Like, uh, I mean, it's it's like, you can Google this, like the why, how, what framework instead of the what, how, why, mm -hmm. right? So it's like, okay, I'm doing this. Like, how am I going to do it? Wait, why am I doing this? Like, that's how most people approach life. But you flip that and it's like, okay, this is why I'm doing this. Like, how am I going to do that? And then what does that actually look like? Mm. So there's another framework for you. I feel like you. you're going to be Tony Robbins' go-to. <laughs> Yeah. You guys are gonna be traveling the world. <clears throat> yeah, you you could be the the all these all these gurus will yeah. just come float at your place. And, I mean, and your ultimate you, you are you are your own guru. Like like anybody who claims to be a guru. Yeah, I mean, it's just I I don't really like that whole guru culture. Nor do I ever want to like proclaim myself as a guru. Right? Yeah. I mean, we're all we're all walking our own paths. We're all doing our own things. Everybody. I mean, all 7 billion people on the planet have a unique set of skills and traits and experiences that enable them and them alone to do something. And like, if you don't know what that one thing is that you and you alone are the only person on the planet who can do, like, find it. Figure it out. Figure it out, yeah. right? Because we'll all be much better off for it. So like you talk about defining success, it's like, you know, I don't need to be a billionaire. I don't want to be a billionaire, right? Like. That's not how I'm measuring success. Yeah. And, and so many people tie their success to how much money they're making or what their job title is or where they live or what zip code they, like, I mean, it's just absurd, yeah. right? Like it's just the culture. Yeah. And if you can find happiness through, you know, living out each day in the way you want to live it and realizing your dreams and finding fulfillment through hard work and success and not just chasing pleasure around the world, not that I've ever done that. <laughs> I mean, it's just a much, much better way to go through life. Love it. Well, folks, it's time for a little game. Are you ready to play? Oh, I am so ready. Fantastic. I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. That's what I like to hear. This game is called Quick Draw. We're going to see what your style is like. All okay? right. Uh, first answer that appears appeals to you, shout it out. Are you ready? I'm ready. Pilates or yoga? Pilates. Perry's or Jack Allen's? Steakhouse. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> I suppose Perry's. Okay. Are you a steak guy? I prefer to cook my own, generally. Okay. Yeah. That's what I would prefer to. Yeah. Like the fancy steakhouse thing has never really uh, appealed to me. Okay. Dai Due is the spot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, that place is incredible. East Dai? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Worst Austin, Texas resident ever. Go <laughs> Go. Also, P. Terry's all day. Oh, you just want. Yeah. Uh, Worst Fest or Barbecue Fest? Barbecue Fest. Okay. Chicken or beef? Beef. <laughs> Downtown condo or ranch? Ranch. So I figured, yeah, you need somewhere for those retreats, right? Yeah, that's and it. Tents and yurts. Are you a, a paper book guy or audio book? Paper book. Um, wine and cheese or steak and eggs? Steak and eggs. Okay. Best place for breakfast in Austin? <sighs> Veracruz. Ooh, yum. Uh, best date spot? 360 bridge. Yeah. Little bring your own. Little picnic. Yeah. A hidden talent that you have that no one knows about. Or that <laughs> that no one knows about. Yeah, that we wouldn't know about unless yeah. you did it on our podcast. Oh. I know. Wow. What a question. Can you rap? No. Oh, well, all right. No hidden talents? I don't think so. 
I'm Dude. pretty I'm pretty open about my life. Can you make balloon animals? I can't make balloon animals. Oh. Uh, I mean, I can I can dance. Like you, you see can me, dance, you see me at a you see me at a festival. I'll probably be oh exercising some demons. That a dancer. Okay. Yeah. This guy likes to dance. Any, yeah. any impressions? No. Oi. <laughs> oh yeah. I got it, mate. Do you always have a mustache, or was that a Movember? So that thing? was a Movember thing. But it it you just kept it. Yeah, I actually imitate famous mustaches uh, through photo every November. Oh, really? Yeah. Damn. Damn. So maybe maybe yeah. throw some of those in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. The wait on what? your Instagram, you yeah. Said? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we need to look that up. Yeah, look it up. <laughs> Last one. Best item you've purchased under a hundred dollars. Under a hundred dollars. Wow. <laughs> hmm. I mean, there were quite a few flights that cost like five dollars, but I. You know, those are... You gotta pay that 911 fee. <laughs> those are $5.60. Um, gosh. That's a question. You're at your house, and you pick this item up, or you use this item, and it's under 100 bucks. You love it. Uh, probably a journal. A journal. Yeah. Great answer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Journals are helpful. Journals are, like, the absolute most important... Probably personal development tool you can find. Like again, we're addicted to distractions. So like not having a physical record of like what actually is important and what actually matters and what you're actually looking to get out of the world, then yeah, it's really easy to get distracted. Love it. See, so we found out a lot about you today. Yeah, this was incredible. And people probably want to. I'm looking at the mustache pictures right now. <laughs> See this little gem right here. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. How do people find you on Instagram? Yeah, so I'm at E. Bradderson. There were way oh. too many Eric Andersons, so Eric Bradley Anderson becomes E. Brad Ursa. Bradderson, so there's no D, that's E B R A D E R S O N. Okay. E. Bradderson. And you'll see some pretty sweet gems in here. There's some quality, These quality mustache great. content. It's pretty much just mustache content and me riding bikes lately. Kind of had to, you know, crawl and do a hole to get the uh, the business <laughs> off the ground. But we're we're coming back in a big way, baby. Right. Did you ride your bike here? I did not ride my bike here. No. Okay. Well, where's your bike? Got four. A road bike above my bed. My studio apartment is hilarious because I have four bikes on the walls and a bed and a desk and a table and that's you are a true Austinite. It's about it. Studio apartment with four beds <laughs> and no, you four, have four bikes. Four, 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 yeah, four bikes. Four bikes. Hopefully one bed. Only one bed, yes. And you start I don't even have Wi Fi in my apartment. Business. I don't even have Wi Fi in my apartment. Like it is purely for all the best things in life that start with the letter S. Let's leave that up to your imagination, shall we? Mm-hmm. That's what the journal's for. Mm-hmm. Greg's going to be writing about that one. Let's mm-hmm. let that one marry Alrighty. Well, Eric, we appreciate all the knowledge you dropped, not only about the yeah. Person Lab, but just about the actual technology, or the, not, well, the technology behind infrared, but like why people would go float. So don't forget to go check out the Ocean Lab, get a float. Where, what's the best way to book your first float? Yeah, OceanLabATX.com. Okay. And you could... 
take it from there. Yep, and we've got a 50% off anything coupon, uh, What's Brewing, for those of you listening. Oh, really? Holy so smokes. Take wow. that off your first session. What? That is a great perk of listening to our podcast. I mean, if you're See listening those. to this podcast right now, like you, you clearly care about yourself, you care about Austin, and I can't emphasize it enough. There's, there's something that you and you alone are capable of doing on this planet, and if you haven't found out what that is yet, I mean, come hop in a float tank and, and start that process of, of self-discovery because the, the world needs you in a float tank. And we'll see you. Are you there every day? I'm there a decent amount. So good chance I've, I've, you'll run I've tried to put some separation between you know, that, the work-life balance sort of a deal. Yeah. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I just I love being there, seeing people get out of the tank for the first or the 50th time. Just it never gets old. Nice. Awesome. Well, it's time for the... Weekly brew, brew, we hit the folks with yes. a weekly brew every week. It's a developing story or something Austin related that we like to share. So, personal finance website Wallet Hub crunched the numbers on over 400 cities to determine 2020's best and worst college towns and cities. And Austin landed on the list, Eric. Where do you think Austin landed? Seven. Number seven? Is that your guess? That's my guess. That's a solid guess. We are number one. Whoa. 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 So the study looked at metrics such as academic and economic opportunities, wallet friendliness, and social environment. Austin's highest score was in social environment for good reason. Yep. And if you can believe it, the score took a hit on wallet friendliness because we all know those tacos, those taco food trucks, yeah, starting to get a little pricey. Six bucks sometimes. It's outrageous for one taco. One duck taco. Yeah, yeah. we want duck taco. <laughs> we yeah, we experienced that. Yeah, um, <laughs> cities like Orlando, Scottsdale, Tampa, Ann Arbor rounded out the top five. Mm. And I mean, what does this mean for? Gosh, for Austin, another chart topper, man. Holy More people secrets out that need to come float. Secrets out. More floaters. I see it as opportunity. I see it as a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's already unfolding. And you're right yeah. near UT. So if you're listening and you know somebody that is in high school that's trying to make that decision of where they want to commit to yeah. in 2020, yeah. get them to UT. Or St. Edwards. Or St. Edwards. Or... ACC. ACC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's so many schools here. Yeah. Tilson. Just get them to Austin. Just get them to Austin. Yeah. If you are aware of the city of Austin and not here, then what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Get here. What are you doing? Float, infrared sauna, listen to our podcast. Yeah. And Greg's going to take us out. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast with Mr. Eric Anderson, owner of Ocean Lab. And we trust you are inspired to the moon and beyond. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in from. We'd love a five-star rating. And be sure to check us out on Instagram at What's Brewing ATX, as well as follow Eric at E. Bradderson and Ocean Lab at Ocean Lab ATX and www.oceanlabatx.com. Until next time, Austin, cheers. See you soon. Thank you.